0: The professional's choice. Hey, welcome back HVAC people. So condensate neutralization, how important is it? Well, you're going to find out how important it is and you're going to learn some stuff about it on this podcast episode. Now, why do we have condensate that comes out of high-efficiency burners, furnaces, boilers, etc.? Well, in the old days, the stack temperature was high so basically any moisture that was in and around in within the combustion process would evaporate and go up the stack with high efficiency equipment that stack temperature is much lower so we have condensation that collects that condensation is then um needs to be sent down the drain it needs to be managed in some way we need to send it down a local drain or pumped outside or, or something like that so what we want to do is neutralize that condensate We want to neutralize it as it comes out of that equipment because that condensate contains acid and we want to neutralize it. We want to get it to as close to seven on the pH scale as possible, right? Now, we're going to talk to Kyle Emmons from JJM Alkaline Technologies, and he's an expert in this. That's their business is condensate neutralization, all kinds of different products, so on and so forth. And we're going to talk to him on this podcast, guys. This is important. It's code in a lot of places too, so listen up, pay attention. This is the HVAC Not All podcast. I'm your host Gary McCready. This podcast is sponsored by the Master Group, and one of their initiatives right now is to educate technicians companies on their Move Air product. So the Move Air product is like a mini split, a uh, heat pump, and they've also got the central Move Air, which can be installed in a residential home to take place of a furnace. So basically it's an air handler with an outdoor unit. It's got the coil in it, and then you would install electric heat strips if you need to, to kind of mitigate any sort of loss at really, really cold temperatures, because we know that heat pumps, um, they start to lose a little bit of capacity when the temperature gets really cold outside. So you put some electric heat strips in unless you want to pair it with, Something else like a, a hydronic coil or something like that. But I mean that's a design thing. But anyway, Master Group Move Air, one of their initiatives right now to educate on heat pumps and mini split technology. So check out Master.ca. This podcast is sponsored by Centos. They provide many uniform solutions to blue collar industries such as refrigeration, HVAC, plumbing, electrical. Now they got Carhartt stuff. They got stretchy, breathable stuff that I've tested and worn on job sites they also provide rental programs where you can get your uniforms cleaned you don't have to worry about laundry anymore so if you're interested in uniform solutions for your team check out cintas.com forward slash hvac know-it-all
1: welcome to the hvac know-it-all podcast recorded from a basement somewhere in toronto canada your host and HVAC tech, Gary McCready, will take you on a deep dive into the industry, discussing all things HVAC,
0: from storytelling to technical discussion. Enjoy the show. Hey, Kyle. So I just got home from a, a service call, and I'm glad I, I made it here with you. Let me turn my my phone down for a second, because it actually sometimes goes bonkers during a, a podcast, and it's kind of annoying. How are you doing tonight?
1: I'm great. I'm great. We're headed into heating season, so I'm, uh, I'm doing even better now.
0: Is this the busier time for you and your business?
1: It, it's uh, we're busy uh, all year round, but as you'd imagine, if Pete, if people uh, start to get cold and their heaters start to go out, that's normally a catalyst for uh, for an install for us.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, what we're going to do here, we're going to have this talk about condensate neutralization, and what I'd like you to do is just give yourself a quick intro of who you are, uh, where you're from, like professionally you can tell us where you're from if you want to like uh geographically <laughs> but just just so we get the gist <laughs> of the conversation where where um what you're up to in the industry so give yourself a quick intro
1: sure so kyle lemons uh i lead the uh the overall organization at jjm alkaline technologies uh jjm we're the leading designer and manufacturer of condensate neutralizers specifically for the heating and plumbing industries Uh, We we offer today, we offer the broadest portfolio of solutions to safely treat acidic condensate produced by uh, today's high-efficiency gas-fired appliances, namely boilers, furnaces, and water heaters. Uh, We like to say our products uh, protect facilities and the environment, and we're based outside of Springfield, Mass.
0: Okay, so we should probably start the conversation with condensate neutralization. First of all, why do we have to neutralize the condensation? I mean, you just touched on it there for a second, but this is where it all begins. We have to neutralize it for what reason? Great question. So uh,
1: really it starts with um, high efficiency technology, which is really People think it's been around for a long time, but relatively speaking, it's only been around for 20 or 30 years. And some techs are out there just now really actually starting to, to install these devices in earnest. And so we we realize there's plenty of folks out in the field that maybe haven't come across it uh, as often or dealt with non-condensing technology and now learning about condensing technology. But effectively what uh, acidic condensate is, is it's a byproduct of the combustion process and a high efficiency appliance. So with a high efficiency appliance, the way that they... Uh, create that efficiency is by having a second heat exchanger instead of venting uh, the gas. So in a gas-fired appliance, instead of venting it uh, as old technology would, uh, they recapture that gas and that latent heat. And then when it recirculates back into the appliance, it obviously uh, starts to cool, hits the dew point, and then condenses inside the appliance. And because it's gas-fired, you'll have various uh acids um that have been produced by burning hydrocarbons that are now in the appliance and now have created a condensate that um uh, is discharged uh, from the from the bottom of uh, the heating appliance through a condensate trap Mm -hmm. and if we don't treat it uh, effectively this condensate will uh, corrode or eat anything that's not pvc so a lot of people uh have been in a boiler room or in a basement you may see uh corroded uh drains uh if you've got it uh flowing into the basement drain uh you may see um uh corroded cast iron pipes in an older building if you've got a septic system the bacteria will be destroyed effectively anything that's not pvc uh this condensate in in certain volumes can start to uh to really cause serious and significant damage
0: Mm -hmm. now I was going to ask you, what should, what material should we be using to come out of the appliance before we hit the neutralizer? But you just answered that question because I've seen, I've seen all kinds of, I've seen vinyl tubing being used and stuff like that. And uh, so you answered that question, PVC. So once we hit the neutralizer itself, what exactly is happening within that neutralizer to the water before it hits the drain? Yep.
1: So acidic condensate is, uh, it it ranges, but uh, it's really an issue of having um, too low of a pH. So neutral, Mm -hmm. if we're all familiar with basic chemistry, neutral is a 7 pH. um, And things start to get corrosive below a 5 pH. And most of the pH that you see that comes out of uh, condensing appliances is uh, around a 2.9 up to a 4 pH, and that's a, on a logarithmic scale. And so every one pH level is 10x the acidity. So it may not sound like much, but a small change in pH can be pretty pretty material. Um, and so when the the condensate leaves the, the appliance, flows through the condensate trap, if you've got one of our neutralizers connected to it, it's going to flow into the neutralizer, and all of our devices are designed specifically for heating and plumbing installation. So designed to work in a basement or in a boiler room. Um, and these are all made out of corrosion resistant materials. So obviously that device itself is not going to be corroded, but it basically is a gravity fed product. The uh, condensate flows into the neutralizer and then interacts with a media. In the case of JJM, we use magnesium hydroxide pellets that we manufacture ourselves. That we've developed over the years uh, a process to perfect But really, ensuring that we have as much contact—what we call soak time—but contact with the condensate and the pellets, uh, which is again magnesium hydroxide that that interacts with the condensate to raise the pH, so to that safe range, at least above a five pH, hopefully towards a six or a seven before it's discharged out of the neutralizer and then is safe to be connected to the plumbing system.
0: You're you're stealing all my questions in your in your (laughs) summaries to the. I was going to ask you what sort of what range of, of neutralization do we want to see is how close to seven do we really want to get going through the neutralizer? Yeah. but Again, five,
1: five, when we talk about regulations, which I know we will hear in a bit, um, you need to get above five before you see really any damage. And then most of the leading regulations are, are a minimum of a five pH. Um, you could get it to a seven, but you're really probably going to have to, you know, oversize the the neutralizer and have a lot of soak time, which would just be unnecessary, quite frankly. But by the time it gets the the outlet of the neutralizer, as long as it's above a five, you're, you're in code and you're also going to be protecting uh, the facilities and the environment uh, in the plumbing system.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, silly question, but silly questions aren't silly if you don't know the answer. Can yep. you put two in a row like in series with each other if you have... Really bad condensate happening. Yeah, it's a great question. So um, today we actually
1: offer 21 different models. I mentioned in my intro that we have the broadest portfolio of solutions out there. Uh, we recognize that every time a contractor walks into a home or t- into a, a boiler room, you may see a totally different installation. Uh, you may have a low pad with a boiler. You may have a tight basement in a home, um, and that may dictate what you need for that installation. on On top of and separate from the type of appliance that you're that you're looking to connect a neutralizer to. And so we've got lots of different configurations, some tank neutralizers that are uh, designed for certain installations, some tube neutralizers, some vertical mount neutralizers, some with built-in condensate pumps, for instance, to pump out to a remote drain and neutralize all in one product. But yes, to your point, you could Use multiple in series, which uh, if you have large amounts of volume, it may make sense to do that in order to size appropriately for the estimated amount of condensate that's going to be produced by, by that heating appliance. But really, we have various sizes that range from the smallest uh, residential unit that might be a 199 BTU uh, unit, 199,000 BTU unit, all the way up to 12 million uh, BTU unit, uh, like a commercial boiler, um, for instance, and we've got a, we've got a neutralizer that is, uh, sized and well-suited to handle the condensate that's going to produced from all the different, uh, sizes of potential appliances out there.
0: So I was going to ask you about testing. Uh, should, should we be testing the, the, the condensate after the neutralizer every so often, or is there just like a regular, point where we change it or do we wait to testing comes in before we decide to change yeah, it. Yeah,
1: great question. So um, there's definitely just like the heating appliance needs regular maintenance, a neutralizer, it's it's like a filtration device. And that media that I alluded to that really is the special sauce that that neutralizes the condensate, that eventually will will wear out and needs to be replaced. And so we like to tell people that if you're doing regular service calls or maintenance calls on the heating appliance, once a year is normally the cadence. You should be doing the same thing with the neutralizer and ma- making sure there's no blockages or leaks, um, but also replacing that media. Um, but to your question, upon install, we, we recommend people take a sample of the raw condensate before it goes into a neutralizer, just so you know what your base, base point is. Um, mm-hmm. So your earlier question, I, I said most condensate is 2.9 to 4. There are some things that could actually make it even more acidic because every burn is different. Every installation is different. So in certain parts of the, the uh, North America, you may have really sour gas that's in the, uh, the gas stream that's being burned. And that can we've seen can actually create even more acidic condensate. We've seen a uh, condensate as low as 1.9. And so if that's the case, you really need more, more time or more capacity uh, with the media so that you're able to neutralize more and more before it exits. So we recommend getting that baseline of what the burn is coming to that specific appliance before it's treated. And then on a regular basis after install, um, we recommend, like I said, at least once a year kind of taking a sample out of the outlet and just making sure it is uh, above a five and kind of in that, that, uh, that safe range
0: okay so what would we use to test the condensation yeah
1: great question so you can you can start with the basics you know you can go it's kind of like going back to a high school chemistry class or something you can go get a some litmus paper and and take a sample that way that's a little bit less accurate normally what re, we recommend folks doing is you can go get a, you know, general instruments or um, you can get a pocket pH tester for 50, 60, uh, 50 or 60 bucks off of Amazon or uh, your regular lab product supplier um, and taking a sample um, from the outlet of the neutralizer and then sampling with a pocket pH tester. It literally takes just a couple minutes, uh, not a, and you can do it right there in the field. So not a very long process.
0: Very cool. I didn't know that those things existed. I am going to order one uh, this week. Yeah, I can. I can send <laughs> I, you
1: a couple afterwards for sure. A couple
0: links. Cool. That that would be that would be amazing. So everybody that's listening, I mean, it's just see this is just one more legit way to uh, provide value for a customer and generate income. Now, having that tester is something that you can. Hey, listen, Mister Customer, Missus Customer, you have acidic condensate. I know you have a neutralizer here but it's kind of saturated and we need to change it and this is why and you show them right absolutely uh, right there, there's a lot of there's a lot of contractors out there that will say point to things and say you need this you need that without actually verifying and backing backing it up with actual um verification or, or science or testing or 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 whatever it is uh so this is like another feather in a technician's cap absolutely I can go out there and say hey um, you, you need this and this is why and it generates income right for, for that business cool so let's talk about code requirements here because i am not see i i have i've been in the world of for a very long time uh server rooms refrigeration rooftop yep. units stuff like that and i'm just more on i'm getting more into the residential side now where we have um, high efficiency furnaces, a ton of them here because you can't get anything else, but, and dealing with this kind of stuff more and more and more. So this conversation is actually good for me to have too. Um, so code requirements, what I was going to say is I'm not even sure if it's a code requirement where I am here in Ontario, I, I would have to look into that, but what can you tell us about certain places, uh, in North America where it could be code and, and, um, what needs to be done about it? All right. So what is an extended warranty program? Well, there's many people on the market that that do this, but JB Warranties, the friend of the podcast here, they provide extended warranty programs for your customer's peace of mind. So after the manufacturer's warranty is up, they can take over. The best thing about it is $300 or up to $300 reimbursement for labor. That's kind of amazing for whoever's running that shop, whoever's running the service department, they're not worried about losing money, paying their tax out on warranty calls because that money is, is reimbursed. So if you're looking for extended warranty programs, check out JB warranties, something cool on the horizon. I don't know when I'm going to be getting one of these, but I, 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 I saw a sneak peek on LinkedIn. Somebody was using it and kind of demoing it. And that is Navac is coming out with a battery powered tubing bender. You've seen their battery powered swager or tubing expander and their battery-powered flaring tool. Now they're coming out with a battery-powered tubing bender. Incredible stuff. It looked amazing from the quick little glimpse I had of it. So when I get that in my hand, you guys will definitely see it. The other thing I want to mention here is Testo digital gauges. 557S, 550S. The manifolds are incredible. If you're looking to up your game off of uh, analog, smart probes, Digital manifold. Um now their their new scale that's out uh that c- connects to all of this and actually charges for you by weight, by superheat, by subcooling. Pretty cool stuff. So check that lineup out as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um uh, so both in North America generally, so Canada and the United States, it's um same trends. Uh, but I would say, obviously, you guys, as you mentioned, you can only get high efficiency, especially I think it's on the furnace side in, uh, in Canada mm-hmm. nowadays. You guys are about a decade ahead of the United States in those regulations as far as pushing the OEMs of the devices to get to that condensing phase. And we're quickly coming behind um, and we'll be there in a couple of years. But um, in the U.S. at least, are from the federal government, the EPA, Uh, There's an explicit regulation that talks about um, corrosive discharge um, below a 5 pH into public works. And that's really the gold standard that folks on the commercial side. So if you're a specifying engineer, things like that, anything that's going into a public works plumbing system, those folks normally are up to speed on they can't be discharging anything below a 5. Um, And so on the commercial side, it's a little bit more well-known, I would say, or maybe more sophisticated in uh, knowing the code. Similarly, uh, there's also industry code. So the International Plumbing Code, I think it was in 2018, um, explicitly says you need to have neutralizing devices for any corrosive discharge uh, with uh, a pH below five. And then after that, at least in the United States, you get to um, a lot more uh, municipality codes. So, a local city, county, or even a state level may introduce their own explicit regulation or code about corrosive discharge. Some of them will exp- explicitly state from a, a gas fired heating appliance. Others will just simply have the coverall of any corrosive discharge or the pH below five going into the public works. So, if you have a private water well or something like that, you know, you're not going to necessarily be covered by code per se, um, but once it touches the public works, um, you're going to be you're going to be getting into the, the code world. Um, but even on the code side, it's obviously the right thing to do to protect, you know, facilities and the environment. Even if you were uh, in a rural area, for instance, some folks may not have public uh, works uh, systems, but if you have a septic system, for instance, and you connect, you know, one of these new condensing appliances to your septic system it'll kill all the bacteria and destroy, you know, septic system uh, very, very quickly, which can be incredibly expensive. So there's kind of do the right thing, but there's also explicit code requirements. Um, like I said, at the EPA level, at the at the um, industry level, and then municipality by municipality.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, so let me ask you this, going back, when did people start first realizing that these high efficiency machines, appliances were starting to produce uh, acidic condensate? Because, yep. I mean, it, maybe it was known right off the bat. Maybe it wasn't. I, I don't know the history of this, but can you fill us in on any of that? Absolutely. Do you, do you know
1: in them? fact, that's kind of near and dear to our heart at JJM. Uh, so we were founded. We've been around for 17 years at this point. I've been with the business for three, but uh, we were founded actually back in 2005. Uh, and our roots are in the, the heating and hydronic space. Our founder was actually a career boiler salesman. Uh, for an oem and uh, condensing boilers started coming online kind of in the late 90s early 2000s and getting introduced here and there Um, and folks started asking in the field kind of okay we understand high efficiency and regulations are pushing us to start you know using this technology but what do we do with all this condensate it's in bigger volumes than we saw in non-condensing or near condensing units before And it's starting to eat people's floor drains and you know it's killing the the copper piping in an old building or uh, um, eating up the septic system whatever it may be Um, and so it was really when people started kind of asking questions i guess is the best best way to describe it but it's really been kind of early 2000s that people started to see this as a problem Um, and so that's when our founder literally came up with the idea Uh, in in 2005 and started making our first generation of products. Uh, And then over time, it's really just become more and more of a awareness thing. And to your point, um, the market now is kind of flipped uh, because the OEMs have had to create more and more efficient units. And the market Mm -hmm. is no longer even being able to install non-efficient or non-condensing units in some markets. Um, And so people are really starting to to pay attention, I would say a lot more. But as I mentioned, the regulations really have only been around for not even 10 years. I mean, the IPC code really just got adopted in 2018. Um, and so it's, it's continuing to, you know, uh, I would say grow in awareness, but uh, yep. that's, that's where we see a ton of opportunities to help contractors educate them so that they're aware of the best practice. And so that you know, you install this the first time and you get a, a call from a homeowner or a building maintenance person saying six months later, what is this orange, you know, mess that's eating the floor drains um, in our building? Um, and so that you could be kind of ahead of that. And like I said, be bringing value to the customers in every install and knowing uh, what the best practice is and how to make sure that you're installing the complete, you know, uh, solution for folks.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's very enlightening to to hear about all of this because I I mean, I do see the neutralizers uh, on the installs around here. There's one here in in my basement on my furnace, but you never really, I, I, well, I shouldn't say you never really, but I've never really stopped to to think about it and and think about the history and, and why and, and all that. So it's, it's really good to have this conversation. Um, so this is when, this is when, uh, it's shameless plug time because <laughs> you've enlightened us with, with all this education and some history. So I'd like to hear about some of your products that help with this. Um, I, I mean, in in do you have a range of products that goes from like all the way from small applications to resident, like residential all the way up to larger boiler systems Absolutely. and stuff like that? Yeah, we do. Okay, so we've so,
1: got, so today we have 21 different models across six different series Um, and, uh, to your point, so we range all the way from the smallest residential installation. So it may be a neutralizer that would be paired with a 199 or 200,000 BTU, uh, tankless water heater or combi boiler, whatever it may be all the way up to 12 million BTU on the commercial side, as far as the appliance that we would have a neutralizer suited for that. And everywhere in between, we have a series of vertical mounted, um, uh, neutralizers that maybe if uh, they're very popular in multi-unit installations, maybe in condos or apartment buildings, if you don't have much floor space. So a lot of these uh, neutralizers are floor mounted, but they, some can be wall mounted. But if you don't have much floor space, you can actually vertically mount uh, two models that we have. Um, those are again well suited for kind of wall hung small units in a closet, perhaps. Um, and then we're really excited, actually. We just introduced our brand new series called the K-Series, um, and that is really going to be a game changer for us. Uh, it's an inline tube series with four different models, uh, kind of taking some of the best of our, our products in the past and our legacy products that we had from the beginning and kind of continuing to innovate on those. So making it um, really highly engineered and designed for the installations, it's got the lowest inlet on the market. So you may have a really low appliance Particularly yep. in a commercial installation, if the pad isn't high enough or something like that, because these are gravity fed products, having a really low inlet is incredibly important. Um, and so that provides additional versatility and flexibility to, to make every install uh, with that, uh, that series. And then it's incredibly easy and quick to service um very easy to uh, disassemble and perform that service and that refill that we talked about uh and then have it right back into service because time is money obviously for for technicians and contractors and we want you to do that that uh that annual maintenance and do the refill of the the media to make sure that the neutralizer remains effective but uh that that series in particular is really really quick and easy uh for folks to service so that that for instance is one that we're a series we're really excited about and again that one even has Models that range from three hundred thousand BTUs all the way up to three and a half million
0: Wow, okay uh, so changing the media, how difficult of a task is that like yeah. can can you maybe walk us through um, the average uh, neutralizer that y- y- you have or or the most common one and how yeah. we're gonna go about changing that media? Yeah,
1: absolutely so should take no more than you know a couple minutes ideally. But we make, it, we make it really easy for you. So every neutralizer, again, has a different – every model, at least, has a different capacity. And so it requires a different amount of media for each one. So we actually prepackage and sell. We'll sell you the refill that's individually sized specifically for that model. So you don't have to do any guesswork. You know exactly you're going to get the right amount of media for that, that model. So we make that mm-hmm. easy for you. But basically, you're going to turn off the appliance, the heating appliance, turn off the gas, turn off the power, make sure that we're we're not running any longer, but also not producing any more condensate going to disconnect okay. from you can use either uh, poly tubing or PVC hard pipe as far as connections go and the kit that that we provide to to connect all of our all right. neutralizers. But you're going to disconnect that from the, the uh, condensate trap. And then each model has its own specific instructions. A tank neutralizer, for instance, may have, you know, remove the lid. The tube neutralizers may be disconnect and unscrew the the end. And then it's really simple. So the, the media is, is non-toxic. It's magnesium hydroxide. So non-toxic. Uh, you can touch it with your hands. We do recommend that since it is, you know, been touched with acidic condensate that you probably should use gloves and safety gear as far as I. uh, eye protection goes, but um, nothing overly uh, caustic or things like that. But you can then um, flush out, uh, whether it be with a wet vac, if it's in a large unit to suck out the, the spent pellets and put them in the regular refuse or simply in a tube, uh, you can disconnect the unit entirely and then dump out the, the used or spent pellets uh, again in the refuse and then throw in the new pellets. Um, screw back on uh, the end in a tube or put back on the lid in a tank, make sure everything's secure, reconnect, turn back on the heating appliance. You want to make sure you do run. You don't ever want to run it dry. So we do suggest putting a little bit of of tap water in the the trap before uh, just to keep the flow uh, going, but then just make Mm -hmm. sure that um, the appliance comes on, starts producing condensate again, and just again, visually inspect that you don't have any backup or anything like that, but it should be just a couple minutes, pretty straightforward.
0: Awesome. Okay. So, I mean, we've kind of had this conversation around condensate neutralization and you've explained how to do this in words. Is there any videos or anything online or or any literature that, that shows this so people can like, because when they're driving along right now and and some people are visual learners, right? Do you have any YouTube videos or any video. We do uh, stay t-
1: stay tuned. Stay tuned. We got webinar okay. we got webinars coming up very soon. But actually if you go to our website, awesome. yeah, our website www.jjmalkalinetech.com. Uh we've got a wealth of information you can peruse all of our different models and the specs on those. But to your point, we've got uh, a white paper out there. We've got an installer's guide for folks that talks about some of the things that we've already talked about today. And then we've also got a couple of blog posts on why neutralization is important, but also the maintenance schedule and how to perform maintenance, as we've talked about uh, how to test the pH, when to perform a refill, uh, things like that. So we've got a wealth of resources uh, out there for contractors to make sure they have you know everything that they need.
0: And when is your webinar, did you say?
1: Uh, not scheduled yet. Um, we're going to be putting okay. that on the YouTube channel here, hopefully in the next month. So stay, stay okay. tuned.
0: Cool. Uh, and that will be a live webinar where you can tune in live and then watch it later? Or the initial gonna...
1: one is yeah, the initial going to be pre-recorded, but uh, we anticipate doing a follow-up. So again, stay awesome. tuned. Awesome. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. So, I mean, we've covered quite a bit here in, in this short 25 minutes or so. So, is there anything that you want to add in that we may not have touched on during this conversation about neutralization?
1: Um, no, I think we've pretty much covered it. I think I think it's important. Like I said, I think it's a. It's important for people to understand this is out there because again, sometimes people don't know about it until after the fact. They've yeah. done their first install and then they get a a, a phone call back from from somebody. Uh, but we want to make sure people know you know the best uh, the best practices that are out there again. We like to say protecting facilities in the environment. There's a a right way to do things and a not right way to do things, and, and we definitely think mm-hmm. installing a neutralizer on every condensing installation is the right way to do it, and and obviously protect yourself from any code issues. Uh, but also, look, it's a you've already you've already kind of alluded to it. It's a great opportunity for contractors. It's a you know these units um, they're they're going to sell you know in the at the branch at a heating or plumbing wholesaler for. A residential unit might sell for 60, 70, up to 150, you know, U.S. dollars um, commercial okay. side. They're definitely up to a couple hundred dollars. Um, but as far as, you know, it's a drop in the bucket, really, if you're looking at a you know, thousand dollar tankless water heater install, something like that versus the value that it provides to protect, you know, somebody's home or a building. But most importantly, it should be a, hopefully a high margin accessory and add on sale for for contractors. But that recurring nature of going out and and also performing the, the maintenance on the neutralizer. Again, we provide the refills. It's a kind of a no brainer. Uh, as far as we, we send you the right sized refill and the instructions uh, and it should only take a couple minutes and it's another great kind of recurring service opportunity for contractors out there. And again, to, to continue to maintain uh, that protection and that compliance, because once you install a neutralizer, it's great. But if you don't maintain it, it's basically the equivalent of not even having one in the first place.
0: Yeah, I I just had that conversation just before I got home with uh, a customer because they had somebody come over and say they're they're having issues with their furnace and it might be on its last legs. And I went over and put my combustion analyzer on it. It wasn't running right. The gas pressure was too high. I adjusted it. It ran a bit better. But because the gas pressure has been running for, I don't know how many years, too high, and they haven't had it maintained on a yearly basis, they're asking why a furnace would, in eight, nine years, would, would start to not work the way it should well um, you haven't done maintenance yep. <laughs> on it yep. right this thing wasn't caught until now so you can't wait till something breaks before you perform any inspections or That's right. any sort of uh a- a- anything any kind of service on it right and, for, and, for, and i agree for, with yeah, you yeah
1: for better or worse with acidic condensate yeah you're going to get a copperish kind of uh look to it um whether it be uh outside of the neutralizer or even inside it it's uh there's, these are transparent devices. And so you can actually see, you know, you can see inside of it. And that's normally, you did say kind of out of sight, out of mind, which sometimes people don't see these things necessarily behind the appliance or next to it. Um, but, um, you do start to see the damage, which is, uh, an unfortunate thing, but it does actually, that's normally when, when people get the phone call and, and start actually, we'll, we'll hear from contractors sometimes as well. they will reach out to us and say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but it, it's, it's eating up the floor and, and how do I, how do I treat it? So, um, we're well, happy like I said, we're happy to continue to educate.
0: Here here's a thought on that. Your vehicle, everybody knows a vehicle needs an oil change every so often. Yep. Uh tires are rotated. Your vehicle like tells you while you're driving, "Hey, do this to your vehicle soon," right? Yep. Like I don't know why someone hasn't designed a thermostat where you can program it to say, "Hey, call such and such company because your filter might be plugged or your condensate neutralizer might be spent or your flame sensor might be there like something, you know what I mean? And, yep. and because there, there's, um, it, it takes a year or two or, or three sometimes for things to, to, to gradually happen, but alerting the customer that these things need to be done is probably going to generate, um, more phone calls than not any phone calls and get that service up to par. So these breakdowns and drastic things don't happen in a short period of time. um, And the equipment actually lasts the amount of time it should. That's right. Uh, But anyway, saying that, uh, I really appreciate all of this uh, info tonight, Kyle. And uh, I'm going to take this neutralization thing a lot more seriously on my maintenance is once I have one of these testers and I start really looking at things a little bit closer. So I'm educated up. Um, audience should be too. And and it's, it's all thanks to you, man. So I appreciate it. Terrific. Thanks for
1: having me, Gary. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem. Okay. So after listening to that, who was going to make condensate neutralization, a part of their installs and a part of their maintenance going forward. Now, a lot of you probably already are right. And that's great. Some people aren't, maybe they're not because they haven't been educated up on this and they didn't know but now you know now you can't ignore it now you can't be ignorant to the fact that it needs to be dealt with so going forward something I'm going to be doing myself is condensate neutralization checks and obviously putting them in on brand new installs so we got to thank Kyle for the educational content here and he dropped his information guys so if you want to reach out to JJM Alkaline Technologies you're more than welcome to do so to get some updated information, or just reach out with any questions you have. But that's it, guys. I'm out. Thank you the Master Group once again. Happy HVACing.
1: Hope you enjoyed the show. Follow HVAC Know-It-All on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, and anywhere else Gary feels like popping up. This has been a Two Smokes and a Coffee production.